Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. I'm going to jump right in because I got to tell you, the title of this podcast is pretty much how my last two weeks have felt. Really, just like, like, there's no hope to be doing what I want to be doing in life. Do you feel that way? Honestly, talk to me. Do you feel that way? Because I got to tell you, there are so many times in life I feel that way. So summer, summer here in British Columbia, Canada is, is, uh, is a tough one. It's, it only lasts a couple of months. At least we do get summer. Um, we are quite north here in North America as far as uh, latitude. And if you take any vacation during the summer, you're using up, you know, almost a third of your weekends, like just going away. So I have to say, I feel like we've just gotten back, got settled, and I'm ready to enjoy my yard that we worked so hard to, because we have a huge job jar of a yard. It's over half an acre and a lot of gardening, a lot of trees, a lot of cleanup constantly. We have our annual barbecue coming up this weekend. So, you know, my husband is out there doing what he does best, and that's getting these yards ready and I look at this and just think okay I'm ready to enjoy it now Lord and the weather turns it's like really so it isn't bad enough that I'm feeling very hopeless in regards to work and career but and sometimes even my health I look outside and go but I'm just I'm ready I'm ready for summer and summer's leaving <laughs> now lots of times we have an expression here in Canada called an Indian summer and sometimes September often is a beautiful month for us but the heat is gone. The July heat is gone. We were up in Penticton during that heat wave. And I'm almost getting to the point, I think, why do we bother going away in the summertime? The problem is my family has a home up in the, an area of, of Canada or BC that uh, is just a lovely area. It's where the lakes are, the wine country is. And I want to do those things too. <laughs> so it really is a bit of a dichotomy. So here we are at the end of summer. I feel like all we've done is work on these this property and not enjoy it and now fall has arrived. Say la vie. If one thing I can tell you if you're my young listeners is take my word for it, time goes a heck of a lot quicker the older you get. And I think that's part of my issue as well. Um, I'm actually standing in my over my mic right now. I hope the sound is okay. I've noticed on a couple of my podcasts I don't tend to re-listen to them and I don't edit them. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I really am just sort of uh, a non-techie type uh, Oh, and see, I don't even turn the, I don't even have it so that the little doodads don't pop up on my computer. One of these days between 2 and 4 a.m. when I'm not sleeping, I will take some tutorials on how to edit, how to do proper videos, and how to do proper podcasting. Now, I am trained in podcasting, but still, do you know what? The tech of mics and placement and that and background noise, it's a little lost on me. I'm not going to lie. Question is, do I need it? Well, I don't know, I'm at 15,000 downloads and I am thrilled with that. Obviously people listen and I just think, does perfection really need to be there? No, but as I move on, I think I'd like to be better at it. We all would like to be better at whatever we're doing. And if you don't, then I have to question why. I'm gonna question you right now on why you wouldn't want whatever you're doing in your life to be better. Now, I tend to be a perfectionist. It's something I really had to work on in my life. And the reason I titled this podcast, uh, you know, when all hope is lost, is that's how I've been feeling the last two weeks. I've been feeling overwhelmed, summer's over. 
I am now back to work with enough bookkeeping clients that if I go on vacation, I have to make that time up, especially when I'm on retainer because there's work not only do the hours have to be put in, but the work is there to be done. You know, none of these clients are a free ride. I, I they certainly, um, I earn my living. So coming back from vacation was just long, long days, as long as my health could as handle. And that was the other problem. I kept pushing and then my body just, you know, jumps out and starts yelling. Well, two days ago, my back went out and I, I had to work. So there I am sitting at my desk, sitting on one foot, like I've got it pulled up on my chair, leaning one direction is the only way I could handle the pain. The back hadn't fully gone out. Now, I don't know if you've ever had soft tissue damage in your lower back or had an accident, but when it fully goes out, what we call go out, I'm on my hands and knees crawling to the bathroom and I literally can't breathe. I'm just in tears. The pain is excruciating. I've never, my husband, when I met him, this happened to him, you know, every few months and it was something to behold to see this, you know, six foot four guy, 250 pounds brought to his knees and you couldn't touch him. He'd been in the hospital more times. That hasn't happened for a long time, but I never truly understood that pain that he was going through till it happened to me the first time after a car accident and my soft tissue, my lower back went out. It's like, oh my gosh, I'd never experienced that kind of pain ever. So it went out just before Christmas last year. I got on my inversion table. I knew I was just, I knew I'd push myself physically with the reno and getting on the inversion table, set it off. I sat up and I couldn't get off the inversion table. My husband had to literally unclip me, pull me to the ground, and you're bedridden for three days. You're just on ice, muscle relaxants, painkillers, and you're just trying to rest it. It's honestly, I've given birth. I think, I've, I'm pretty sure this is worse. Of course, the birthing stuff you don't really remember. It's a little gift from nature, so you, you'll do it again. But that, I'm very familiar, you know, the back stuff, that's clear as a bell pain. So anyways, it's about to go out and I'm just like, seriously, again? But you know what? I try to work right till nine o'clock the night before. That's not something that is, a, is advisable for someone like me that has a compromised central nervous system with fibromyalgia. I also did this little stupidity the week before and went and had a beauty treatment done on my face. Uh, a little bit of a trial, a friend just got into it called Fibroblast, where they're working with some of the wrinkles, but I reacted really poorly to it. And I'm assuming again, fibro. The pain was excruciating, although I was numbed. It, it shouldn't have been hurting. It's a little little light therapy that also burns, puts little teeny minute burns on your skin to uh, cause the fibroblast to create collagen so it lifts your, out your wrinkles, blah, blah, blah. Great, it's giving me a great YouTube video and I'm gonna finally have to learn to edit because I've had to do this, you know, here's day one, here's day two, here's a week later. So I'll get on that at a future time. That literally put me in bed all Friday afternoon. It was like having minor surgery. My central nervous system completely shut down. The next day I was just wiped. Now I knew I'd be wiped the night before, but I spent two hours just completely clenched up. And once she got halfway through it, I had to get it finished. So it was, it was almost unbearable. I was crying by the time she did my left eye. And thank heavens I decided, had decided not to do, you know, any more on my face because it was just overwhelming. That apparently is not supposed to happen. I think it's a fibromyalgia thing. All my nerve endings are about 10 times more sensitive than the average person. It's part of our disease. And so, you know, you, I stub my toe. It feels like someone hit me with a hammer. I bump my hand into, you know, into the wall and it feels like someone slugged me. It's the most ridiculous thing, but you learn to live with it until you voluntarily do stupid things like this. <laughs> So that laid me in bed and put me a whole week behind on this 
stuff with the website and everything because I had allocated that day to get stuff to my coach to get the landing page up and running. The ebook is finally done. Now we're just doing content. Great. Weekend hits. Back to work again. And I just feel like I'm on a treadmill that I work a long day. Monday, Tuesday, my back goes out. I swear, every time I turn around, my body's saying, you're still not learning the lesson of moderation. So I'm working very hard with my calendar to try and schedule. I'm a scheduler, just how I roll. But I'm not gonna lie, by the weekend of last week, I was really feeling hopeless. Now, I've dealt with adult depression most of my life. And one of the things that comes with maturity and, and high functioning habits and learning how to function at a higher level is learning one, coping mechanisms, how to you know, be the best you can be, but also to understand in your wisdom and age that this too shall pass. Knowing it and living it are two very different things. I live it every day of my life and I'm successful 80 to 85% of the time. But we all have moments that we just feel there's no hope. This quote unquote situation is never going to end. When will this be set right? Is this, is this resonating with you? We, I think we all have these moments. I have very rarely in any of my networking, educational, self-help, my own coaching, whether I'm performing it or I'm having it done with a coach myself, have I really ever met anyone that doesn't go through this? Nobody is happy 100% of the time. And lots of times when we have goals, we lose, lose sight. But there's, then I read something on Facebook and I know it seems, you know, it was just kind of funny. I was just standing up and giving my back a break and Robert Downey Jr.'s little story popped up. And I don't even usually watch that stuff on Facebook. I really don't. But it just kind of caught my eye and it also caught my eye because of the person that posted it. It's like, that's interesting because that's not the kind of thing she would normally post. She doesn't kind of do the whole celebrity gossip thing, blah, blah, blah. He man had a rough life. Uh, he had a drug addict for a father and um, he has battled his demons. And the story at the end of it is, you know, it doesn't matter how low you get, you can always choose to change. And that really just sort of lifted my spirit and say, you know what? First of all, I'm not dealing with a drug addiction that is taking my whole life down the toilet. Pardon me. I am dealing, dealing with a disease that I have hopefully found some relief for in the Guaifenesin protocol and I'm really concentrating on that belief and hope that in a year I will feel better. I lots of times have way better days now, hence I'm able to work more. And sometimes I forget. I look at certain days and I just realize I've been getting up again every morning and not cringing in pain when I step out of bed. Well, you know what, last month, I can't, that was not the case. It just seemed to go on and on. I thought, is there ever gonna be an end to this? And then the workload. And then I spent 10 hours working on my own books, wondering how did I get so far behind? I am first to admit, I made an error in a client's books back in January. And whether I just noted the error and forgot to go back and audit it, I forget, but I've let it carry on for five months and now we gotta deal with it like oops why do these things happen well again life's not perfect we get overwhelmed mistakes happen you don't need a whole explanation on the fact that mistakes happen wasn't paying attention to detail was probably working when I was tired I know better 
one of the things that I love to celebrate with, with uh, this podcast, with Not Living in Regret, is to understand that the bad times and the low times can come, but so do the others, the good times and the sharp times, that knowing your limitations is not giving up. Celebrating your strengths is moving forward. Now, there's a lot of different coaching out there. There are some that believe that you should concentrate on your gifts and your strengths. Why would you want to waste time and energy on things you aren't good at? Then there's other coaches that believe the complete opposite of that. Your strengths and your, and your gifts come naturally. You need to work on what you're not good at. I tend to be a little believer of both of those camps of belief. I believe that we shouldn't be letting our weaknesses just stay weaknesses and hold us back. But I am still of a very firm believer that if you do have a gift or a uh, strength and you want to succeed in a specific area, then you better hone that skill. It's one of the reasons I podcast and I've been doing it consistently for two years. I want to public speak in front of a crowd and this was my practice. Podcasting is like public speaking practice. Just like my YouTube video for my Living Well, which is completely different from this. It's more product reviews and that sort of thing. It really taught me what I look like in front of a camera and I had some terrible habits and tells where I would pull up my neck or my husband says, yeah, you touch your face a lot and your hair, things like that. And it's like interesting because I've always been someone that spoke with their hands. My hands are always moving when I'm talking. And I became aware of that when I was younger and had to tone that down when I was training uh, because I've actually done teaching jobs since I was 15, 16 years of age. I taught Red Cross, Red Cross babysitting for the district, for our municipality, right as a teenager. So I enjoy training. And then, of course, throughout the years going down the road, it was a lot more to do with finances and things like that. But it was interesting. I was aware of the hands, but whether it's a new something that's developed or I was unaware of it was a lot of this other type of visual distraction. Well, I have a goal and in order to reach that goal, practice is necessary. If you want to become proficient or an expert at anything, you have to put in the time. It does not just pop out naturally and I may have maybe a gift of knowledge and hospitality, service, those are my strongest sacred gifts, and facilitation. But facilitation is something that comes naturally but I never put it into use so it's a very rusty gift for me. And it's something I'm working on now in this past year, especially with the brand. Practice, practice, practice. Somewhere in my book, I think my editor did research for me. She was wonderful. Bridget just did some amazing research for me in the ebook. It's just a small ebook um, about habits and something like you have to repeat something 60 times. And some people have to do it like 200. It really depends on how our, we're wired, that sort of thing. Habits are, are interesting. They, uh, you know, you need them and you need good ones and you might as well start young and develop them because willpower will only take you so far and then my expression is you better have a plan. And that is definitely how I have felt this last two weeks with hope just feeling like it's in the toilet. I really had to sit back and, and sort of assess. So first of all, I saw the thing on Facebook, sort of lifted my spirit. Then my own coach, this this morning was Facebook Live, and he just solidified it in the fact that you have to keep moving forward because that's just how life is. If you, if you want to give up, then give up. But if your goal is to not give up and you are in a phase of, 
I can't be bothered. You have to sit back and make a decision. It's a choice. Happiness is a choice. Moving forward is a choice. You make choices every day. And choosing to stay inside your habits is definitely one of them. And that was something I had to sit down and give myself the pep talk and say, hey, what are the habits you have in place that usually keep this stuff at bay? And I realized I wasn't doing some of them. I really this summer let them fall to the wayside. And it's like, no, that's not going to work. That's, it's just not going to work. You know, I need sleep. I need to work. And then I need, you know, boundaries on distractions. <laughs> those are my three killers. So those are three things always have to be in place. One of the things I've started doing is putting my iPad back on the charger and then going to bed without it. Because I tell you, I have spoken so many times to all of you about, you know, no blue light at night in your bedroom, electronics out of your bedroom for better sleep. But here I was just feeling sort of exhausted, defeated, and the iPad goes to bed with me. And I will just reread an old book that's on, you know, Kobo or whatever, and just to, you know, dull my mind. But at the same token, now I've got my mind racing and I'm dreaming of this stuff. And again, like I say, you want to read at night, you do it with paper books, not with electronics, because that blue light stimulates your brain and you don't get the proper sleep that you need. So I've really noticed that now that I've gotten back into the habit that I've had for a number of years now of, hey, put it on the charger and do not bring it into the bedroom, that honestly... Most of the time, I'm really just ready to sleep. I don't need the distraction. I was convincing myself that this was my time and my quiet time and, oh, the Blue Jays are out. And I just, I just needed to unwind. When in actual fact, better I take the opportunity, like I talk about in, I think it's the second chapter of the book on contemplation, to take that time to just let the day's events roll through me search the universe for some answers on what I want next, calm my mind and spirit, show gratitude. Such a, when you are losing hope, I can almost guarantee you that you have not been spending time deliberately showing gratitude for whatever. That certainly was true for me this last couple of weeks. Little bit lost in my own pity party. You know, these are my issues. Yours can be completely different, but just do this with yourself after this podcast and say to yourself, if you wanted to be woe is me, where would you start? I don't encourage you to do this on a regular basis. This is simply an exercise for today. So my issues are, why do I have to be in pain all the time? It's not fair. Why do I have to be tired all the time? It's not fair. <laughs> why can't we have the standard of life financially that the rest of my family has? It's not fair. Okay. This is, you know, why does my husband have to drink so much? It's not fair. These are things that I can just spiral into negativity about. Instead of showing gratitude of, hey, so many people with my disease are sick and not working. Some are in wheelchairs. Yay team. Thank heavens I have the gift of knowledge and doctors that keep me really high functioning. Why am I tired? Well, when I forget to take my naps, when I know I should just go do that 20 minute power nap, or I read late into the night and don't get my eight to 10 hours, and yes, I need a lot of sleep, but I would rather sleep and be productive than not sleep and have, have no purpose in life. Like you've gotta have, have some give and take here. Remember, these are my issues, not yours. You're gonna do your own little A to B. You're gonna, I want you to sit and have a vent and then give yourself 
consciously the opposite answer, okay? So I've got my pain, I've got the sleep. So third point, family, how come we're just not as successful? You know what, we've had a lot of success in our lives, my husband and I. What's kind of hard is we have families that just got into great jobs. So for instance, on my husband's side, they're firefighters, my sister-in-law's a um, uh, flight attendant, which means they retired early, they have full pensions, and they travel extensively. Very hard sometimes not to feel jealous about that. On my side of the family, my parents have acres that my sister and brother-in-law have lived on basically for free their whole lives and run a business there. So they have an amazing standard of life and a lot of expendable cash. Really hard sometimes when you are in your situation between these two polar opposites to feel gratitude for what you have when sometimes you look over at the fence and go, I wish I had that. Well, you know what? Keith and I made choices that didn't allow that for ourselves. I refused to stay on the property and live under that, what I affectionately call tyranny of my family years ago. Remember, that was years ago. It's not how I feel now. But that was my immature, young life. I wanted more for my life, and I wanted to do it myself. Well, that's great. I went out and did it myself. But you know what? Now this is where, you know, I still have to maintain that where, you know, I would have had a life a lot easier had I had just stayed on the property. My husband, he made choices. He made mistakes in his youth and couldn't get into the fire department. He was accepted, actually, and then had too many speeding tickets on his driver's license, and they pulled his application after he was accepted and thought he was going to do that for a living. He would have been great at it, too. So that, you know, those lifestyles make good money. They have full pensions. They get two months off a year. And Keith and I, sometimes we just always feel like we're just on a treadmill, that, you know, we're just going to work till we retire, and then we're going to, you know, all die of heart attacks. How depressing is that? That's not the case at all. My husband has no formal education. He has a job he loves. He's a great sales rep. And I joke because he basically works part-time. And But he makes part-time wages as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? He's happy in what he does. And my fourth point was the fact that he drinks a lot. Yes, that it can be really tough in my life. But also the other part of that, why I married him, heart of gold, a complete taker after her, like a looker after her, he supports everything I do. Well, do you know what? If I had been in a different place in my life and didn't, and I could marry myself, which by the way, I have dated myself in the past. It did not go well. Uh, that's just not a good combination for me. So I needed to understand what my personality needed. I needed a lot of support, independence, um, which I know kind of, you might think those are opposite, but they're not. My husband, you know, by the time he was 12, was being raised by a single mom. His dad walked out on them and he was the youngest. So, you know, he watched his mom be a single mom. He met me. I was a single mom of a son almost exactly the same age as when his father walked out on him. He related to that. He respected it. Uh, he's never tried to, you know, squash my independence. Now, we sometimes have a very blue and pink household where, you know, those are boy chores. These are, uh, these are pink chores. But that's sometimes just our demographic. We're in our 50s. But at the same token, we are still of the belief that whatever you do, you do best. You doesn't matter male or female. You should be able to do those things. So some of our manifestations in our lifestyle may seem very sexist, but in actual fact, we are not that way as people. It just happens to be there's just chores I don't like to do, and I don't want to do them, and he does them. We're fine with that. I cook dinner all the time, okay? He barbecues for me. Great, but if you're the guy that does the cooking and she likes to mow the lawn, fill your boots. So these are the things you need to turn that around to find the positive and the gratitude in them. Because if you don't, then all hope is lost. 
you were always dwelling. And I got to tell you, when I treat my husband not like the alcoholic I sometimes think he is, he then behaves like the better man. I notice that when things, when I've lost hope or when I'm being sarcastic and nitpicky or when things are not going well in our life, then his behavior and his bad habits get worse. So I am definitely affecting that. Is that an excuse? No. But as a grown adult that wants happy versus being right, I can look at that situation and say, I control a fair bit of it. So yes, we have to sit down every couple of months and have a chat about finances because he is hands down the worst person with money on the planet, I swear. We talked about it at dinner last night and actually didn't have a fight. That's great. Me, queen of the shiny objects. And I must drive him crazy. He must think, you know, what? Really? Seriously? Again? He's always curbing that part of my personality. And when I treat him properly and supportive and loving and hold him to a higher standard, he steps up to the plate and I notice the drinking is, an ex is excessive and, you know, and the timber in our home isn't so negative. We all have something we can contribute, but showing gratitude for situations that you are wanting to put negative thoughts and energies into can really turn around a situation for you. I find that in my life, I really encourage you to try it in yours because otherwise what happens is we live in regret. That is what happens. We live a life that we are an autopilot and we are not making conscious choices, conscious decisions. We are not instituting high functioning habits. We are not looking at our life saying, I want to be that and then doing the steps between decision and end result to get us there. So many of us say, oh, I would love to X, Y, and Z. Well, that's great. Okay. So how badly do you want that? How big is your why? And are you doing things that will get you to that goal? The average person, 80%, not even close. It's just, I'd love to win the lottery. Do you know what? I'd love to win the lottery. What I'd really love to do is having my speaking career take off and going back to traveling and speaking. Not on huge stages, just in small groups, especially where I can have a lot of interaction. Well, you know what? That's only going to happen by me putting in the work and the steps, which I am doing. But the last couple of weeks definitely got a little sidetracked. But if you don't have a goal, maybe your goal is just to be, a, you know, have a great happy household and be a great mom and wife, or uh, maybe it's running a business. It does not matter what the goal is. A wish is a wish, but a goal requires action. Sure, I'd love to win the lottery, but what I'd like to be doing is earning my own living and managing my own finances again, like I did before I got sick. I actually look back on it and think I didn't quite enjoy that as much as I should have. Everyone thought I did and I got, I got some good memories. Again, you got to focus on the positive. We traveled and we had fun and yeah, you know what? There were lots of good things to have gratitude for, but there was a lot of stress. <laughs> that's sorry. That's where my, if you listen, if my tone seems, why is she seeming hesitant there? Cause there was a lot of stress in my life during those years, but gratitude is a huge part of what brings hope back into life. So look at your life. Let's maybe pick the two top three to five negative things that you're focusing on. And I'd like you to work very hard on finding the other side of that coin to see where there's gratitude in that situation that you are ignoring because we can get like a broken record. We get into a groove of negativity and we just, it's like a skipping record. Bloop, 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 bloop. We just, we stick in that rut. Let's get out of that rut, shall we? We'll do it together because I am certainly in a better place today. I've actually spent the morning for a couple hours 
on YouTube, believe it or not. I needed to learn how to get proper lighting for my videos. I needed to figure out if I needed a stand or a backdrop. And I, one of these days I've got to then educate myself on learning how to edit video because I don't do that there either. I don't do it on my podcast. I don't do it with my videos. I just do it live. It's in my office. It's not that fancy and we're done. I'd like to be better at those types of things. So I will get better through learning. And I opened up the uh, meditation book today, and what does August 30th say? What would feel good to you? The possibility for joy, the possibilities for joy are limitless if we can do what feels good to us in work, in life, in love, in play. Learn to become comfortable with joy. You have the power to create joy by choosing what feels good to you. The time for joy isn't later, the time for joy is now. And I truly believe with gratitude comes joy. They, in my life at least, tend to go together. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.